0: Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a certified nutrition and health coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did, And to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset, love their bodies, and become their next level selves. So, what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. Now, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has sent me a DM about the podcast or left a review or shared it on their stories. It makes me so happy. Like I can't even explain how happy it makes me to see that. It also just helps other people to find the podcast so we can share this with more people and who doesn't love that. So if you are one of those people, thank you so much. It does not go unnoticed. I really, really, and truly appreciate it. So yeah, I just wanted to start by saying that today. Now, I was about to say I'm so excited about this episode, but I feel like I start every single episode that way because I just get excited, guys. I just like talking about this stuff. But today I want to talk about something that has been coming up for a lot of my clients recently. It seems to be I'm having really similar conversations with most of my clients really at the moment, which is cool. I love it. It's great. Uh, but that means that I thought that I should probably do a podcast episode on this. So today I'm going to be talking about limiting beliefs, which you probably saw in the title. Now, this is one of my favorite things to work with clients on because it's probably the biggest game changing kind of thing that I think you can learn. So if you haven't heard of a limiting belief before, basically, a limiting belief is a belief that you have about yourself that limits or restricts you in some way. So what I mean by that is we have these, all of us have a belief system. All of us have these different beliefs, so many different beliefs in our lives. And it's kind of funny because beliefs are subjective. Like a lot of the beliefs we have are not actually facts. We believe that they're facts. We think that they're facts, but they're actually not. And when you look deeper, you realize that, you know what, this belief that I'm holding is actually holding me back. It's holding me back from my goals. It's holding me back from living the life I want to live or being the person that I want to be. And you can change it. That's the cool thing. That's the really exciting thing about it. You can change your beliefs. You can create new beliefs that are more aligned with how you want to live and who you want to be. Now, this has been coming up a lot recently, especially since I've been talking a lot about confidence, a lot about body acceptance, And it's coming up, like I said, it's coming up a lot with my clients as well, particularly on those topics. Now, as women, we spend our lives waiting for when so often, so much of the time we go, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll be happy when I'll be confident when maybe it's when I lose X amount of weight. Maybe it's when I fit into these jeans. Maybe it's when I can run five kilometers. Maybe it's when school holidays come and I can calm down, whatever it is, we are constantly waiting or we're saying, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll address this when at the end of this month, after this month, things will calm down. I don't know about you guys, but I swear I say that every single month and I swear my clients say it to me every single month as well. But basically what I'm trying to say is we're constantly waiting. We're constantly delaying our happiness. We're constantly delaying our being the person that we want to be really. That's kind of what it comes down to. But the thing is you can have everything you want right now. You don't have to wait for when you don't have to wait until some external thing happens for you to be happy, for you to be confident, for you to accept your body, whatever that is, you can have that right now. And I feel like probably a lot of people are listening to this being like, yeah, okay. Whatever you say, like, sure. I could love my body right now when it looks like this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. Cause I used to be the same. I used to think, yeah, but it's easy for so-and-so to say, because they're already, you know, they already look good. They're already popular. They've already got a following. I can't do that. I'm just a normal person in a body that I don't like with a personality that maybe they don't like that much. Like I said, this is old me, current me, loving all that business as you guys know. <laughs> but the thing is, We are in control of our beliefs. We are in control of our thoughts, our beliefs, our behaviors, our actions, all of those things we have control. Now, the thing that this kind of comes down to is our mind. It's our subconscious mind and our conscious mind. So I'm about to drop some knowledge on you that if you haven't heard before, you're probably going to be like, hold on, wait, what? (laughs) So I hope this doesn't sound too confusing or too overwhelming, but basically our subconscious mind controls everything we do. Our subconscious mind, which is like that mind that's going on, like our what's going on in our brain in the background, basically. It's the stuff that we're not aware of. There you go. Subconscious. Makes sense. So our subconscious mind processes about 11 million bits per second of information to the brain. Our conscious mind processes less than 50 bits per second. Subconscious mind, 11 million. Conscious mind, 50. Now, what does that mean? Basically, what that means is there is so much going on in our brain that we're not aware of. There is so much controlling our behaviors, our actions, our thoughts, our beliefs, all of those things that we're not aware of. We're not controlling, we're not paying attention to. It's just going on. <laughs> and so, what that means is when all this information is coming in, it's coming at us. So, bit like all the different stimulus, I suppose, is coming at us. We're not actually conscious of so much of it, the vast, vast, vast majority of it. So what happens to that other information, that 10 million, 900, I'm not going to do them. I I feel like it's not maths, but I'm not doing it. It's too early in the morning. I haven't had a coffee yet. Basically, what happens to the rest of the 11 million apart from those 50? There are three different things that happens. That information gets deleted. So your brain just goes, nope, thank you. Don't need that. Goodbye. It gets distorted And what that means is it changes so that it aligns with what we believe is true. And that's why like people recall things differently to others. So you might, I know that I've had, you know what, this is such a silly example, but (laughs) I had a conversation with my family not that long ago and we were talking about how, I don't even know how we got on this topic, but we were talking about Mexican food. And I said, yeah, when we were growing up, we used to call tacos, tacos. I was like, yeah, we called them tacos. Like I remember it was tacos for dinner, blah, blah, blah. And my brothers were like, what are you talking about? No, we didn't. It's always been tacos. And I was like, no, tacos. We called them tacos for like our entire lives. And they're 100% adamant that we have always called them tacos, like normal humans. I'm 100% adamant that we called them tacos. People who were both there at the same time but have different recollections of things. And this, like I said, it's a dumb example, but I'm sorry it's the one that popped into my head. And it's like when people – Like, you know, when they go and do like the lineups and stuff when there's been a crime, that kind of stuff. They recall situations differently. Someone would be like, oh, yeah, I saw the guy had a knife. And someone's like, no, he didn't have a knife. He had a gun. I don't know. That type of stuff. The other thing, the other third thing that our brain does with the information is we generalize. So that's where it creates like blanket statements or assumptions because it's like, yep, no, cool. We've been in this situation before. We, We don't have to do that again. So, how that might show up could be, you have a belief that all men are bad because you've had a couple of bad boyfriends and they haven't treated you well. And you think yeah, no boys, no men are bad blanket statement or assumption that then you apply that to all the other men that you meet. So this is that kind of leads on quite well to what I wanted to say next, which is the fact that our world is filtered based on our belief systems because our brains want us to be right. Like, we want to be right as humans, we want to be right. Our brains want us to be right. So what it does is it filters the world, it filters the information coming in to make sure we're right, to make sure it aligns with what we believe. So how I see this show up with my clients is often things like they say, oh, well, I always self-sabotage. That's often something that people tell her. tell me. I have clients often say, Oh yeah, I, I always self-sabotage. Every time I try and like eat healthily and exercise. Then I go and self-sabotage and they keep playing out this pattern because our brain wants us to be right. Your brain's like, oh, I always self-sabotage. Cool. Let's self-sabotage again. Eat this entire block of chocolate. It could be showing up in things like, oh, I'm just not an exercise type of person. Of course, you're not going to like going to the gym if you believe that you're not an exercise type of person, your brain's going to be like, "Mm, we don't do this. No, 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 no. no. We have the belief that we don't do this. So we don't do this. So you're not going to go to the gym. You're going to hit snooze seven times. It connects with our identity. So often we have these identities and exactly those, those are identities. I always self-sabotage. That's a part of your identity. I'm just not an exercise type of person. That's a part of your identity. And the thing is you can't outperform your identity. What you believe to be true for yourself and who you are as a person, you can't outperform that. If you believe, truly believe, I always self-sabotage, then you are always going to self-sabotage. You're not going to get rid of that part of your identity because our identity is in our subconscious mind. It's happening automatically. We're playing into it automatically. It just happens. It's not something we're paying attention to. We're not actively thinking Oh, hey, I always self-sabotage. So, you know, I'm going to self-sabotage right now. That's not going on in your conscious brain. Because if it was, you'd probably be like, hey, I'm not going to do this. This is actually not good. It's happening in your subconscious. It just happens. And then you're like, oh, my God, I did it again. And then it's like building this identity even stronger. So what we need to do is we need to replace this limiting belief in our subconscious mind with a new positive belief that actually aligns with who we are and who we want to be aligns with our goals, aligns with where we're trying to go. So how do we do that? That's the million dollar question. Well, I have got five steps for you right now that you can take to get rid of your limiting beliefs and embed these new positive beliefs into your subconscious mind. So the first thing you have to do is actually identify your limiting beliefs. And that probably sounds easy, but you know what? It it can actually be quite hard. And you can think, oh, yeah, I've worked on my limiting beliefs. I've cleared them all. But you know what? Other ones are going to pop up. There are always limiting beliefs getting in our way. I've been working on my limiting beliefs for about two years now, I would say. And they still pop up. I've still got ones that I'm working through. There's still new ones. Sometimes I'm like, oh, hello. Where'd you come from? Okay. Interesting. I need to work on you. So the way to identify your limiting beliefs is I want you to think of your goal. So maybe, I mean, if we're talking on, you know, my, this is the other thing. You can use this for literally any area of your life. You can use this for work. You can use this for relationships. You can use this for health. You can use it for anything. Obviously we're going to be talking about health, wellness, body image, all of that stuff, because that's my jam. So think of your goal. Now I'm going to use a client example today. So this is one that I've just worked through with one of my clients. It's actually one I've worked through with a few clients. Um, but basically think of the goal and note everything that comes up for you. So every reason why you can't have that right now. So one of my client's examples was she said, I won't be attractive if I'm a size 16. Now I just want to preface this. This is an arbitrary number. Like it's not about being a size 16. I'm not saying that being smaller than a size 16 is bad or being bigger than a size 16 is bad or anything like that. This is just the example from my client. So this is also applicable to anyone who's a size six, a size 16, a size 26, a size 30, whatever. This is just her example. So I won't be attractive if I'm a size 16. So that was her belief because her goal was, I want to love my body exactly as it is. I want to be comfortable in my body exactly as it is. Why can't you love your body right now? Oh, well, I have, you know, put on weight and I'm going to be a size 16 she's always been a size 14 and she's like, oh no, I'm going to be a size 16. No, I I won't be attractive. And if we break that down even further, not being attractive is really saying not worthy, not good enough because it's placing her value on being attractive. So what she's really saying is, well, I won't be good enough if I'm a size 16. I won't be worthy if I'm a size 16. That's one of the beliefs that came up when we thought about her goal of just loving and accepting her body exactly as it is right now. So then step number two is identifying where did that come from? Where did I get that belief? Why do I have that belief? Because like I said before, beliefs are just beliefs. They're not facts. Our thoughts are not facts. So where did it come from? Where did I get it? Because you do not come up with things by yourself. You get them from somewhere. So that could be coming from your childhood. It could be coming from your parents. It could be coming from teachers, from friends, from society. And it's not saying that someone's sat you down and gone, excuse me, being a size 16, not good. Never, ever, ever be a size 16. It's unattractive. That's not how it works. I'm like, you know, maybe someone did sit you down and tell you your belief, but more often than not, we've inferred it from conversations around us. Someone said something to us and we've taken that on and we've distorted it to mean something that it doesn't. So during that, for that example, I won't be attractive if I'm a size 16. I'm going to say a big part of that is a societal thing. It's society telling her that size 16 is not attractive. Size 14 is not attractive. Size 12 is not attractive. You've got to be a size eight or you're unattractive. That's a big thing in society. Like we know this society is bullshit and has a very warped view of what is attractive, what is worthy, what is good enough. So I'm going to say that a big part of that is coming from society. It's coming from media. It could be things like maybe, and I'm not going to use her specific examples here, but we're riffing on this topic. So it could be maybe when she was a kid, she heard her mum talking about how, her, like she needs to lose weight, her mum needs to lose weight, or making comments about her body around you when you were a kid. It could be seeing the other kids, like some other the other kids at school, picking on the kid who's in a larger body and thinking, oh, I don't want to be that me. Obviously, they're picking on that kid because of their body size, so therefore being in a larger body is bad. Mum wants to lose weight, so being in a larger body is bad. Mum doesn't want to do that, so obviously I shouldn't do that. It could be maybe when you're a teenager or when you're in your 20s, a boyfriend made comments about your body. I've had this before. I've heard this before where – you know, a boyfriend said, oh, maybe do you need to lose some, you know, are, are you being healthy or something like that? Or oh, even just like comments in passing, like, oh, look at you, you're a little bit squishier now. And people take that on and it becomes part of their belief system that my body is bad. My body is bad if it's larger. So this is what I mean. It doesn't have to be a really specific sit you down. This is your new belief. It can just be like comments you hear things people say about their own bodies not about you but you take it on and this is and this isn't blaming anyone because a lot of the time it is just something that we've heard and we've our brain has warped it within us and made it this bad thing basically made us feel crap about it it's not blaming our parents it's not blaming our teachers or anything like that this is just how it works so this is also why it's super important if you have kids Please, 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 please be careful about what you say around them, especially if they're age zero to seven, because that is when we are fully sponges and our conscious mind hasn't quite kicked in yet to be able to reject thoughts. So everything that we hear and everything we experience is going into our subconscious mind and forming those beliefs. So just aside, don't, if you're a mom or a dad, please be careful. Or if you're around kids, just please be careful. All right, now step number three is find evidence to disprove that belief. So you need to ask yourself, is this true 100% of the time? Like I said before, thoughts are not facts, beliefs are not facts. There is almost nothing that is true 100% of the time, almost nothing in this entire world. Things like, I don't know, gravity. Gravity is true 100% of the time, unless you're on the moon. That's about it, there's not very much. So what we did, me and my client, we thought of examples of people who are a size 16 or larger, who she thinks is attractive or that she thinks are worthy of celebration and of love people who she thinks are good enough and are worthy. So we thought of things like some influences that she follows online who she's like, yeah, I admire her. I respect her. She seems confident. She seems happy maybe celebrities, maybe just people in her life, people in your own life. It could be friends. It could be family. It could just be people you see in the street. It could be people you follow online, whatever it is, find evidence of people who disprove that belief or things that disprove that belief. And so for this example, another thing we looked for is examples of people like that who believe it themselves. So, you know, I know people who are in larger bodies who don't love themselves but I think they're beautiful. I think they're worthy. I think they're attractive, but, but they don't believe it. So one of the other things we did was finding the people like just to really ran this home, finding people who are like that, who do believe it. They're confident. They know where they're worthy. They love themselves. These are the people who are really, really, really disproving their belief. And then step number four, it's the fun bit, create a new belief, come up with something new, that aligns with how you want to live, how you want to feel, what you want to believe. So for this, maybe the new belief is I'm worthy at any size. Maybe it's my body does not dictate my worth. Maybe it's numbers don't matter. (laughs) Whatever it is, whatever resonates with you, come up with a new belief that will help you to live as that person that you want to be, that will help you to achieve those goals that you're looking for. So creating that new belief. And then step number five is embedding that new belief. You can't just come up with a new belief and then be like, ah, cool, done with it. Like it's not in your brain yet. It's not replacing that deep subconscious belief because that's the thing. These, subcon- these beliefs are subconscious. They are down deep. They need work to get them out. So how do we do that? There are two different ways to embed a new belief, repetition and emotion. So repetition is things like using affirmations. So that's one of my favorite ways to do it. So using the affirmation and that could be using the new belief. So let's say I am worthy at any size and saying it to yourself multiple, multiple, multiple times a day. The more you can say this, the more you can learn to believe this, the faster it's going to get into your subconscious mind. Think of it as like, I like to think of it as like a pickaxe kind of thing, like getting through the ice. Although in my like in my head, I think about it as getting through your brain, but you know, I don't really want to pick, you guys to picture shattering your skulls open because that's a bit dark. It's a bit morbid, but that's how it looks in my head in a non-creepy way. But Basically, it's like you've got this thought, it's outside your head, and every time you're saying it, you're hitting it with the little pickaxe thing, the little ice axe thing, and you're getting it further and further, further and further through your skull, further into your brain. Every time you do it, you get more of it. It gets further into your brain. And we want to get it down there. So repeat, 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 get it in. So maybe you wake up and you say your affirmation to yourself 10 times in the mirror. Maybe you do it right before you go to bed. Maybe when you're driving, you're repeating this to yourself over and over. Maybe you record it on your phone and listen to it. Just have it playing in the background. Just repeat it over and over. Maybe you journal it. That's what I do. Every single morning, I write my new beliefs in my journal. Every single morning. I've got some that I've been writing for probably six months over and over and over and over and over. And it's just automatic. And now I'm like, yeah, I do believe that over and over and over, however you want to do it. And then for emotion, visualization is one of my favorite things for that. So visualizing what your life would be like if you had that new belief, if you believe that you were worthy at any size, how would your life change? Picture that like, It should make you feel emotional thinking about why it's important to you and how your life will change. That should feel like, wow, that should feel emotional. That should get down deep because it's obviously something that's important to you. If you're trying to embed this new belief, it's obviously important to you. You're not going to try and embed the new belief that, I don't know, I am an incredible football player and will play in the AFL if you don't like sport and you don't care about sport. Like that's not going to, that's not going to get me emotional. I couldn't give a shit about football. I don't like football, but something like I am worthy at any size. That is something that got me emotional. When I was trying to embed that belief to myself, that got me emotional because it was like, this will literally change my life. And it did change my life. So thinking about why it's important to you and just honing in on that, honing in on that emotion, I cry very regularly in my visualizations when I think about what I want and what I'm working towards and these new beliefs I'm embedding, they make me cry because it's something I care about so, so, so much. So that is tip number five. Embed that new belief with repetition and emotion, rinse and repeat, keep it going. So that is what I wanted to talk about today with limiting beliefs. I hope you guys found that helpful. And if you haven't heard of limiting beliefs before, oh, game changer. I know um, it's definitely something that I think is easier to work on with someone else, because especially if you haven't really done this before, sometimes you need someone else to help you, especially on that, like the finding evidence step and like there is it true Because in your head, you're like, well, it is true. It is true 100% of the time. But spoiler alert, it's not. It's not true. Because I've definitely done this before. I'm like, yeah, but I'm different because my beliefs are actually true. No. If you're thinking that, bless you, I get you. But no, you're wrong. So sometimes it is a lot easier to have some help working through them. So if you need that help, please book a free game plan session with me because I would love to show you exactly how to work through those limiting beliefs and help you do it so that you can become your happiest and healthiest self. And who doesn't want that? So if you're keen for a free game plan session, you can book one through the link in the show notes. I will drop it there for you. Uh, you can also just slide into my DMs if you want to chat more. Like I love talking about this stuff. Limiting beliefs are just, oh, they get me excited. I love, one of my favorite things is when a client comes to me with a limiting belief and they're like, I don't know how to work through this. And we just like knock it down. We smash it out of the park. And then they come back and they're like, hey, yeah, actually, no, cool. I've worked through that now. I had a client last night who we wrote a massive list of limiting beliefs two weeks ago in our last session. And she came in last night and was like, yeah, no, I'm pretty good. I've worked through them all. I feel like I've just knocked them out now. Like, oh, she's amazing though. She is amazing. It's not always that easy, but she's killed it. So I hope that inspires you. Maybe you can do the same. I would also love it if you would screenshot this episode, share it on your stories on Instagram with your top takeaway. I would love to hear what was the biggest takeaway you had from this episode? What did you find most interesting? What are you going to implement into your life right now? share it, tag me. My handle is at inspire underscore underscore wellness. And yeah, I would love to hear about it. I would love to have you in my DMs to talk about it and I'll see you in the next episode.